Jose, I say, Jose, it's time to wake up. Oh, buenos dias, senorita. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, mi amigo, pay attention, it's Joe time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready, as you say, to put on the show. <whistles> oh, pardon, madame. That whistle was for my good friend, Fritz. Ach, to lieber, I almost fell out of my upper perch. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. <laughs> ole, ole, it's showtime. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. To paraphrase what Sam the American Eagle would say, it's a salute to all things Walt Disney, but mostly Walt Disney World. A former cast member, a longtime lover of the parks, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective about the Walt Disney World Resort. Now please remain quietly seated throughout our tour, and we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. Our podcasters are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. So put on your virtual mouse ears, sit back, and relax, and enjoy the podcast. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Hey everyone, it's Dave with a little bit of cold, so I'm sorry because my voice is a little bit shot right now, but I am at the Walt Disney World Resort today, having a little fun. I am actually here for the Disney, Great Disney Scavenger Hunt, and uh, it's the day before the hunt, and I thought I'd come up a little early and do a little exploring and see some things that I've never really seen before, and kind of check out some, uh, some areas that I don't really know much about. For instance, Disney's Boardwalk, never really been over here before. Wanted to take a, long, take a look, look around and see a few things around. Um, when I last kind of spent some time up here, all they had was the Swan and the Dolphin Hotel, and they hadn't really built anything up here. They had the boardwalk kind of structure there, and a few of the buildings were being built, but I never really spent any time going into them. Uh, so today I thought I'd spend a little time kind of walking through them, checking them out, see what was going on there, uh, just for the sake of argument and kind of seeing what it's all about. I really want to know what, uh, what it's like and kind of what it, what it looks like and so on. So this might be interesting, uh, just to be able to kind of check it out. And uh, you know, later on, might head into one of the parks and see what that, see what's going on at the parks, and uh, get to do a couple of things that I want to do. So come along, have some fun. Well, this is pretty remarkable. Having never seen the uh, the boardwalk before, as it's built out, it's it's really pretty neat to see, uh, and just how elegant it's become and how neat. I mean, I remember when it was just this uh, wooden bridge that went along between like the uh, Swan Hotel and the International Gateway. And I'm sorry, it would be the Dolphin Hotel and the International Gateway. This one is a little further along. It's become something a lot more interesting. I've stopped in several of the shops and looked around a little bit. I was watching. There was a wedding ceremony going on. Beautiful. Uh, violinist playing a little music. It was very nice. Just a nice, pleasant day just here. And I can see how it becomes something more at night and what it really becomes. This is kind of where Pleasure Island was when it first started uh, in terms of, you know, sort of its vibrance and you know, has a certain life to it with the restaurants and the shops and things that are going on around. It's really pretty neat. Uh, and I love the boats going back and forth, too. That's always kind of fun, watching them go uh, from one side to the other. I think those are the same um, friendship boats they used to use uh, going back and forth to the different hotels and going around in Epcot as well. I think they had a whole bunch of boats that they used for the same purpose. Um, and uh, just interesting to see them being purposed in this way. It's really pretty neat. 
Uh, so it's interesting being in uh, Disney alone, being solo. It's always kind of fun, you know, it's a one. And it, it does feel kind of weird sometimes. But you know what? It's really cool to be able to just walk into anything and just walk up and kind of choose what you want to do. I'm emailing back and forth with my brother throughout the day today, having a little fun telling him what I want to do. And he goes, well, why don't you go do this? And you can take a picture of it and tell me what it was like. So it's kind of fun. I'm, I'm living virtually with someone else on the trip and uh, while I'm doing it myself. It's pretty cool. You know, the interesting thing is for me, uh, when I used to live in Orlando and used to go to Disney all the time, it became almost like my home away from home. I knew it like the back of my hand. I knew where to go, how to get to, from place to place and do different things. And it sort of just had a certain comfort for me, a certain convenience. It just felt good. And, you know, going back and forth over the last, you know, 10 or 15 years when I've been going up there and just, you know, visiting up there as a, as a guest, it's uh, kind of gone back to being something else. But in this trip, going up and kind of being just a guy going in on my own, and just kind of hanging out, I felt like it was back when I lived there. I just kind of wandered in the parks, I wandered out of the parks, I park hopped, I did different things that just made me feel sort of at home. It was a, it was a Disney solo special for me on Wednesday and then again on Saturday for part of the day uh, while I was, um, when I first arrived before the scavenger hunt, heart, scavenger hunt started and uh, after, the, uh, after the hunt was over, I had a few hours to just kind of tool around and kind of be on my own. And it's just, there's something kind of amazing about being able to walk in and just kind of having the world be your oyster. Of course, there's all the attractions that I love to do. Uh, you know, there's all the fun stuff. But this time I tried to hit some attractions that I don't usually go to for whatever reason. So I tried to do a few different things. I also tried to eat at different restaurants that um, I hadn't either, I had never been to or that I hadn't been to for a long time and really wanted to go to. It's, it's nice just to put your arms up in the air and go, ay as you run through the, uh, the parks and just say, it's whatever I want. I don't have to rely on anyone else. I can just kind of do what I want to do. If I want to do this now, I do it. But I had a really great time just being totally on my own, just enjoying myself, just relaxing, and um, you know, just kind of making it all about me. And uh, there's, something, there's something to be said for that. You know, usually you're worrying about someone else or, you know, is everybody happy? Or is everybody having a good time? Where are we going to eat? What are we going to do? Um, what attraction does everybody want to see? When it's just you, you can pick the thing that you most want to do and just do it. And there, has, there doesn't have to be a plan. You know, I, I, walked, I, I walked from the boardwalk to uh, the studios over to Epcot and then back. And, you know, it was just, it was a nice, pleasant walk. And just kind of taking that time and taking it all in was really something pretty neat. Um, and then, of course, during the hunt itself, I had a great time just going to different places and seeing some of the, some of the things that I really hadn't paid much attention to in a long time. And it was really neat just to see the parks in a whole other light, rather than running from attraction to attraction, rather than running to, you know, whatever the next thing I wanted to do was. I was taking the time to smell the roses, to actually look at things and understand what they are and, you know, try to appreciate uh, everything that was going on around me. And it really, there really is something kind of special to that. You know, it's not just about going to the park to just see it, um, to see something. This is back to my old days, you know, when I was a cast member or, or before I was a cast member when I used to go over to the parks and just have dinner somewhere and leave. Or I'd go see one attraction or one show and just leave. Yeah, this was kind of like that. It had that feel to me. And there's something really special about that. You can only get if you go to the parks by yourself or with one friend or something and you just do something like that. You just go, you check it out, you leave.
something I didn't mention about the entire scavenger hunt. Disney in no way discouraged you from using your uh, phone. The, the rules out there were uh, basically that you couldn't cheat and you couldn't, uh, you couldn't work with another team and you couldn't run. Those are the three big rules. Um, but one rule they didn't lay out there was that you could, that you, uh, they didn't mention using your phone. And so here we are with our smartphones and we're just hopping on, Googling some things and doing some uh, research as we're walking along. And a couple of times we found answers just by smart Googling. You know, maybe there's a plaque and you, maybe you missed the plaque as you're walking to another part of the park and you Google it and maybe you can find an image of that plaque and you can work from there. Uh, a couple of times we um, Googled the location of something we weren't sure about entirely and we were able to Google it and find the location and go and find what we were looking for. And one or two times we actually were able to find the audio for something uh, to make uh, to make it easier to, uh, to uh, resolve an answer because something was at, require, requesting audio for something specific and uh, we didn't have time to ride the attraction so we just uh, Googled it and found the audio. You know, in the long run, it may not have helped us, you know, get more points than we otherwise would have gotten, gotten um, you know, because we may have lost points somewhere else by spending time doing that. Hard to say, but it really was interesting to be able to use your phone to, uh, to help you. We did talk to a couple of other teams who also used their phones, and some had more success, some had less success. I think we had a, a little more success. Um, we had a Google expert on our side. Uh, so it was a little bit better, but um, we did we did pretty well with that, and that was actually kind of fun. It made it a little more interesting. I think our team got 425 points, which put us right smack dab in the middle of the of the pack. That's okay. I'm totally cool with that score and that outcome. What's important is that I had a great time. I had so much fun doing the activity. It was just, it was one of the most wonderful four day trips, most relaxing, even though it was stressful on the part of moving around so much, trips I've ever had. It was just an amazing time. Uh, one other thing, the weather uh, most of the time was actually fairly pleasant. It was a little warm. I mean, the temperature was soaring toward 90, but it was a breeze and it was actually kind of nice. You know, with the heat, it was kind of tough to uh, take and you know get out there and do stuff. But it really wasn't all bad. Then at the end of the at the end of the event, so probably you know we, the event ended at five, probably around 6:30 or so on Friday. There was a deluge. It absolutely let loose, and it let loose for about an hour. And then on uh, Saturday. There was another deluge earlier in the day, oh, probably around 1 o'clock or so that lasted for about an hour, and um, I believe there's more coming. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's actually probably a good thing that it worked out the way that it did. It would have been a lot more interesting if it had been raining the whole time we were out there doing it, I think. Um, kind of glad it was actually dry and fairly nice out. So I said earlier that uh, I was really not that uh, familiar with all of the ins and outs of the animal kingdom, having not been here a whole lot. And uh, I took a little time on my last day before I left to go back into the animal kingdom. And I'm wandering around and I'm just marveling at the attention to detail. This park has so much detail in every little thing they do. There's all these little spots where 
you see these little uh, signs and everything's kind of worked out the right way. I mean, even the buildings, they have like markers to say when they were established and that they had the right, uh, the right paperwork to be able to, to run a business there. And there's just that much attention to the detail. And then you look at the buildings, and the buildings themselves look like they're authentic buildings for the area, um, but yet they're well constructed. Right? But they have maybe they're missing a shingle or on the roof or something intentionally. You know, all the flags are hung out to dry. You have signs on some buildings where the part of the sign is pulled off, and another part is still on there. And there's an old one that looks like it's been there for a hundred years, and another one that's it's just been added to it. And then you've got uh, you know just different things around that just really are amazing in terms of their detail and what they offer. It's just incredible how just how detailed it is. It's, it's absolutely amazing to me as I look around and see all the different things that are there. Um, you know, everything just has a certain authenticity to it. They, the Imagineers spend so much time and effort and energy uh, looking, you know, looking at every detail. And, you know, as a, um, as a person who was doing the scavenger hunt, right, I got a new appreciation for that. I knew that it had a lot of detail to it, but I didn't realize just how much just how much it got into it and how far they went and where the little nuts and bolts were and you know, everything is just in the right place and is cleverly designed to, to make it look exactly right. It's just, it's just amazing to me. So given a little extra time, I took a little time in the Magic Kingdom and went around and saw some things. A couple of observations. One, I had never been on Stitch's Great Escape. For whatever reason, I just never made it in there. I had been on the Alien, uh, what was it called, Alien Encounter, um, and uh, I enjoyed that, but hadn't made it back to see Stitch. And I have to say that after seeing it now, I'm a little disappointed. It's just, it's too cutesy. It doesn't really capture enough of the essence of what, it's, what the ride and the show is all about. Um, when they put in an alien encounter, they had a really clever idea for a show. It was kind of neat, and they used the technology to their advantage. Here, they just kind of fit in the Stitch storyline to a point in there. And it's too cutesy, and it doesn't really capture it. And it just doesn't, just doesn't go where I think it wants to go, exactly. And it, it's just a little weak. And I'd never noticed it before because I hadn't written on it. But uh, my observation. And also, I uh, went over to the uh, TTA. And I'd been on the TTA a couple of months ago. And uh, I was riding it around. Went into Space Mountain, and they now have a wall up along the entire inside of Space Mountain, so you can't see anything, and they turn the lights on in there. So you're riding along, and you're just in this tunnel where you're looking at the tunnel all lit up, but you can't see anything. I'm like, well, what's the point of that? I wonder if it's a temporary thing while they're making some repairs, or if it's going to be permanent uh, to try and uh, make a change. I don't know. But I just uh, I was like, oh, that's disappointing. It doesn't really, doesn't really do anything for me. Now, for those of you who have listened to my podcast in the past, you know that I have said some things about uh, vacation club properties and timeshares that I'm not exactly a fan of them. So Kurt was kind enough, his, um, his family had given him some points that were going to expire. And he was kind enough to invite me to come and stay with him at the uh, vacation club property uh, to be able to relax and enjoy and take in the scenes of the uh, property. And I have to say, I'm, we're at the Saratoga Springs Resort, and I have to say that it's quite remarkable. Uh, you know, the rooms themselves are really great. Uh, you have a kitchen and a full bathroom, obviously, and 
uh, in the case we were staying in, it's a one-bedroom suite. So think about, you know, the, um, if you ever stayed at like a uh, Marriott residence in there's a one-bedroom suite, very similar, maybe a slightly upgraded from that, but similar kind of uh, concept in the way it's laid out. Very pleasant, very nice. Uh, we really enjoyed staying there. Uh, the property is absolutely beautiful. I mean, you know, this is just a great place. There's a lake with a fountain in the middle. Um, you know, there's a lot of different activities going on. There's movies by the pool every single night. I, I'm just amazed by that. Uh, the pool is absolutely beautiful. Um, there's a lot of walking trails and a lot of things to do. They have um, different things for kids, spa, all kinds of stuff. It really is something better than any timeshare I've ever seen. So I will give it that. Now, price point-wise, it's a little high. It's too steep for me, I think, to get involved in a, a timeshare. But I can certainly see the value now and uh, what it would be and uh, understand that, you know, there's, there's potential for it to be something really cool. Uh, so, you know, I would consider at least um, buying some points and staying at a, at a property the next time I come or a future time that I come. Certainly the room was big enough to, to accommodate five people. And uh, it really is kind of a nice place. I mean, it really, like I say, it's just beautiful. And um, the one kitschy thing that you know, almost annoys me, but not quite, is every time you see anybody, they all say, welcome home. Now, some people love that because they feel like they're connected with Disney in that way. Me, I just find it a little bit annoying because, you know, obviously I'm staying in a hotel, right? Even though it's a vacation club property and I may be a part owner as a result of um, getting involved with it. But, you know, it's not home. <laughs> so it just, it's a little thing with me. I know it's just those little things sometimes. But uh, that's the way I see it. But it is a really nice property, and I'm, I'm totally impressed by it. And I imagine the others are similar, if not better. Maybe, maybe some are, you know, maybe some aren't quite as good in some ways. But I imagine that uh, Disney puts all the right touches on it, makes them special. It's just amazing to me how many um, Disney Vacation Club properties there are around Disney World, and uh, just how many they continue to try to build. Uh, just I find that to be unbelievable. Um, not necessarily in a good way, but certainly not in a bad way either. So as I said, I tried to eat at a few different places that I hadn't really been before. Of course, I went to the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater, and you're going to hear more from that on a future podcast. Uh, went over and um, told you I ate at Epcot's uh, Marrakesh Pavilion to finally round out all of the sit-down restaurants and pretty much all of the uh, counter service at uh, Epcot. Uh, finally got those completed. Um, and of course, we ate at the uh, Mexico Pavilion, um, looking overlooking the, uh, the ride there. Uh, but the other places that I managed to get to and eat at, uh, I had never eaten at the Flame Tree Barbecue over in the Animal Kingdom. So we ate there. Found that to be decent. It was pretty good. Uh, you know, it wasn't the greatest barbecue I've ever had, but it was pretty good. Um, it lives up to the smell and kind of the hype as far as that goes. Tried Pollo Campero over at the uh, Downtown Disney. That was a little bit disappointing. I didn't really enjoy my meal as much as I thought I would have. I've eaten in a lot of the a lot of the different rotisserie chicken restaurants uh, around uh, South Florida. And uh, I like several of them. This one didn't quite match up to those. Now, I imagine if you don't have some that you like, it might have been okay, I, I suppose. But uh, it, was, it just kind of didn't live up to my expectations. We also ate at the Big River Brewing Company, which is over in the boardwalk. And uh, that was pretty good. I got myself a Kobe burger there and I uh, thought that was pretty tasty. 
a nice little burger, um, had a nice uh, flavor to it, and uh, kind of enjoyed that. So I, I would uh, recommend that place as another place to go. Did go into the Main Street Bake Shop on the first day of the hunt and got a little bit of uh, breakfast there. Now, I hadn't been in there in years, literally, um, but found that to be, you know, as good as I remembered it. It's, you know, it's pretty tasty stuff that they have in there. Uh, not, maybe not the greatest, but, uh, you know, their, their breads are all good and, you know, uh, everything's pretty tasty. Um, and then finally, on my last day, I uh, went over to Boma for breakfast. Now, I, I love Boma. I think Boma is a tremendously good uh, dinner establishment, but I'd never eaten there for breakfast, so I went in for breakfast. And I got to say, I was a little disappointed. Not exactly what I was expecting. I'm not sure what I was expecting exactly, but the buffet was good, but maybe not as plentiful. The uh, French that they have, the uh, fruit punch that they make with uh, guava and different things, and those juices are pretty good individually, and they're all good mixed together. This one tasted a little sweet to me, like it was sweetened artificially, and it just kind of, I don't know, it wasn't quite as good as I had hoped for. But, you know, I did enjoy the assortment of foods and everything. For the value and the price, maybe I won't go back, but I, I really did kind of enjoy it and like going in there. So next time I'll have to try something different for breakfast. One of the things I wanted to do very badly was I wanted to get a strawberry swirl. Over at the Enchanted Grove in the Magic Kingdom, they used to have this um, kind of like the Dole Whip that they have in Aloha Isle, where they have the pineapple and uh, vanilla um, soft serve swirled together. They used to have a, it was like a strawberry slurry and a vanilla ice cream that they used to swirl together uh, over in the Enchanted Grove. And I went over to get it, and they don't have it anymore. They have the strawberry slushy, but they don't have the ice cream anymore. And that was kind of disappointing because I was really looking forward to being able to get that. And, uh, and enjoy it, but they didn't have it anymore. So that was too bad. I, I kind of missed out on that. Now, on Friday morning, we were looking for a place to grab a quick breakfast before we went over to the Animal Kingdom to, uh, to start the hunt. And so we went over to downtown Disney, and unfortunately, the only place we could find that had anything in the way of breakfast was um, the Earl of Sandwich. Now, it wasn't bad by any stretch. It was an egg and a muffin put together, and it was tasty. Um, you know, you could get cheese or bacon or ham on it or whatever, but, um, you know, it kind of lacked that oomph. I was looking for something just a little bit more, I mean, that was nice and substantial, but I was just looking for something a little more, I don't know, interesting or different. It was fine, but it was the only place we could find that was open, um, you know, at 8 o'clock in the morning when we were heading over, uh, which was interesting, so we could get something quick uh, to be able to head over to the Animal Kingdom. So those are the few dining experiences I had that I'd never had before, and I wanted to share those with you. Please feel free to contact me anytime with any questions or comments you might have at dave at disneypodcast.net. Thanks, and I'll see you around. Most of the music you're hearing on this podcast is from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. Craig does a number of things in the techno space. You can find Craig's music on myspace.com slash sound A as an apple. And my thanks also to Doug over at geekacres.net for his rendition of a Jack Wagner classic. And now we've reached our destination in the 21st century. Yes, I know, it went by so fast. But don't worry, because the future is always in front of us. Thanks for riding with us. Please collect your personal belongings and step onto the moving platform. The platform and your car are moving at equal, yet opposite speeds. So watch your head and step. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, or would just like to ask Dave a question about Disney planning or anything else, send him an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. And now, I gotta be moving along. 
he's looking for a little more adventure. I'm heading for a little bit of fun now. He's looking for a little more excitement. Time to be moving along. It's time to be moving along. Time to be moving along.